podcasting from Dallas, Texas. I am Shireen, and this is the Yumlish Podcast. Yumlish is working to empower you to take charge of your health through diet and exercise and reduce the risk of chronic conditions like type 2 diabetes and heart disease. We hope to share a unique perspective and a culturally relevant approach to managing these chronic conditions with you each week. In today's episode, we sit down with Lisa Golden, who is a certified diabetes care and education specialist. We'll be discussing the role of a diabetes care educator, the importance of regular eye exams for someone with diabetes, and signs and symptoms of diabetic eye disease. Stay tuned. Lisa Golden is a diabetes care and education specialist. She specializes in working with people with disabilities, such as people living with vision impairments. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And I have a pleasure having you on. So, Lisa, we want to learn a little bit more about why you decided to become a diabetes care and education specialist. What was it uh, within your world that, that drove you to that? Well, I've actually been in diabetes um, as a career since 1995. Um, I was excited. I wanted it in the healthcare industry and my mother had diabetes, so I thought I knew something about it. And then I learned there was so much more to know. Um, but what really made me become a um, certified diabetes care and education specialist was because just over 12 years ago, I started working with people with disabilities, specifically with people with, who are blind or deafblind. And um, there was so much more that I wanted to be able to show that I could help them with. And I felt that it was a good specialty. So it was taking all the knowledge that I already had about diabetes and being able to look at things a little bit differently so that I could provide some better solutions for those individuals. It's interesting to come from a, from a personal, like that's, that's how you got into it. Um, can you help our listeners understand um, the complications of diabetes? So let's start with diabetic eye disease. That's a big one that we hear you talk about. Um, what is it? How is it diagnosed? Well, diabetic eye disease is, you know, often goes unrecognized. So a lot of people with type 2 diabetes, upon diagnosis with type 2, they have some kind of diabetic retinopathy going on. And with type 1, it may take a couple of years, but then that's the importance of annual exams. But basically, it is damage to the retina um, or any place in the eye. Now, there are several types of diabetic eye diseases. There is diabetic retinopathy, and that is like bleeding in the back of the eye or forming some um, extra blood vessels in order to feed the back of the eye because it's not getting well fed um, because there's been damage from glucose to that area. I always say that anywhere... Um, glucose, anywhere your blood flows, you could have damage from diabetes. And the back of the eye is very sensitive for that. So um, that's where diabetic retinopathy comes in. The macular edema is the big bleeding. It's when it really bursts and you've got some blood in the back of the eye. But you could also have some um, cataracts can be an issue um, for people with diabetes. There's some other things that could happen. Um, and it's really important that you see your eye doctor as recommended by the American Diabetes Association. Um, 
annually and see if something and you know worst case scenario nothing's wrong with the back of your eye and um, they can give you a good exam and i think you know anytime you get any labs that are all in the normal range that's a good thing so help us understand how uh, how it is diagnosed like what what should someone do a lot of times people will have blurry vision Sometimes they don't recognize that they have a problem until they go and see their eye doctor because they're really, it's easy for us, both with the symptoms of diabetes and with the symptoms of diabetic eye disease, to just think about them as being, well, I'm tired, um, I'm getting older, um, you know, I just am expecting to have this kind of blurry vision, or I think my blurry vision is just because my blood sugar is not normal and not really realizing that there's actually some damage to the eye. So it is often a silent thing that happens. And so many people don't realize that there's a problem until they go in for that exam. So it's, it's usually going to the eye doctor and getting that exam, especially yes. if, you, if you are someone that has diabetes, letting, your, um, letting the eye doctor know and have them screen for that. Yes. Because... By the time it gets to be something that um, you are really recognizing with signs and symptoms, it's usually had extensive damage having been done. So you don't want to find out because he's actually lost vision. And I do hear in my work a lot of stories of that, that they um, were out doing something and all of a sudden their vision, they just went blind suddenly. And sometimes they're able to recover from that, and sometimes um, it can be a permanent condition. Um, so if, if this is something that is caught ideally early enough, what are some of the treatments used to help people with, with uh, eye disease, diabetic eye disease? Well, the most important thing to prevent diabetic eye disease is managing your diabetes. So when our blood sugars are as normal as possible, then we're going to um, not have the complications of diabetes, or it's much less likely that you'll have the complications of diabetes. We know that from the Diabetes Control and Complications trial. So that would be my first point of view is find out how to manage your blood sugars, whether that's going to a diabetes care and education specialist such as I am, or um, you know, just working with your doctor to find what the right treatment is for your diabetes. Now, once you have some eye conditions, um, some of the most common things, I mean, cataracts, obviously cataract surgery, but um, sometimes there's eye drops that can be prescribed and they don't necessarily improve your vision, but they can keep some things from happening to your eyes. So it's important that even though um, you're not seeing improved vision from it, that you're taking those so that they um, can keep off further damage from happening. Um, there's also some laser surgeries where they can go in and actually laser the parts of the eyes that are damaged. Unfortunately, when they laser it, all it does is keep it from continuing to bleed or grow blood vessels in that area. And so again, it doesn't improve vision. But recently, there's been, um, recently, in, in the past decade, there's been a lot of anti-VEGF medications. Now, these are actually 
injections that go directly into the eyeball and um, they can improve vision to a certain extent. Maybe not get you back to 20-20, but can really stop and um, some of that damage that is happening. Most often when people start on those anti-VEGF injections, they may have to have an injection in the damaged eye every four to six weeks for so long, and then there's still going to be some maintenance injections. It's just maybe that you're able to go two or three months without having an injection. So you want to be careful and not think just because my eyesight is improved, I don't need these injections anymore. Um, you'll need to still follow up according to what the eye doctor is asking of you. Have you had instances where patients, where your patients have ever been able to reverse diabetic retinopathy, at least in the early stages, by reversing their diabetes or controlling their diabetes? Um, I work primarily with people who are in the blind spectrum, at low vision blind spectrum. So sometimes they're not able to get it reversed as much as someone with early intervention. So just like there's a lot we can do with prediabetes in that um, if you do those healthy behaviors, then it has more of an effect and the medications have more of an effect. If they can um, diagnose eye disease when it's just mild, then a lot of the treatments can be much more effective. And like I said, managing your blood sugars can have a huge effect on that as well. So, um, you know, it's not hopeless. <laughs> There's a lot that people are able to do. And people are very grateful when they have extreme blindness and they're able to have some residual vision. People often think of blindness as being you have, you can see nothing. Um, it's just the vision that you have is not very functional. And so when you have more functional vision rather than less, uh, people appreciate those improvements, even though it's not 2020 vision. Interesting. And, and so in your work, when you're working with people who have visual impairments like that, it's, it's largely brought on, or at least the people that you're talking to is largely brought on. Um, by the diabetes, by having it sort of go so far that it leads to that vision impairment? Yes. Um, so a lot of people assume that people with diabetes get diabetes education, but often they're at their doctor's, their physician's office, and they're just provided a meter and medication and told to use these. And they really don't know how to use them. Um, in the moment because I really believe blood sugar management is best done in the moment. The individual who has diabetes has is able to respond to whatever that number happens to be. I mean, you are not your blood sugar number, so it is important that you're able to use that number and know how to use that number to make little changes or make decisions on what's good um, for you and what's um, not working for you. Um, so with what I recommend is if you have an opportunity, go seek diabetes education so that you can have that information. The doctor often only has 10, 15 minutes with you. So they're doing the best they can to point you in the right direction versus someone like me, who's a diabetes care and education specialist, can spend time with you getting to know 
your life and what your personal health goals are and the things that we need to work around, like the kind of job you have or your busy schedule with your family and all of those kind of things. Um, what works medication-wise for you, um, food-wise for you, because we all eat a little bit different. We all, um, you know, have different activities. You know, you may be involved with your kids' activities or church, or there's a lot of things that can keep someone very busy, and even with the best intentions to maintain our health, we may not always have time or the opportunity to do those. So uh, diabetes care and education specialists can help you figure those kind of things out and work with you um, for your lifestyle. And I always tell my customers that please let me know if this isn't going to work for you because what we need is for you to be able to change your diabetes management over time to prevent either further damage to your eye or getting other complications of diabetes. So if this doesn't work in your life, then I need to know and we'll talk about other solutions. It may not have been my first choice for you because I'm going to always offer what I think is the best solution for that moment. But if it's not working in your life, then it's not going to work in the long term. I also tell people to seek out diabetes education multiple times throughout the time that they have diabetes. A, you can never remember everything that you heard in one educational session. Um, so it helps to build and you may, something may pop out and grab your attention. But just life is different when, you know, you're in your 20s versus when you're married versus when you have young kids and teenagers and you're an empty nester or you're retired. So life just changes naturally. And at each of those stages, we need to find the right way for you to best manage your health. And and the reason why that is important, so let's say you are someone who gets diagnosed with that, ask your physician, ask your clinicians in your network to connect you to a diabetes care and education specialist to learn about those types of things. Um, and then coming coming back to the, the, the diabetic eye disease real quick, Lisa. So when we're when we're sort of talking about that, what sort of impact does a diabetes care and education specialist like yourself have on the patients that you're working with? Um, is it about reversal of the condition? Is it is it managing it? Is it where do you focus and how do you empower your patients to make strong choices for themselves? For most people with diabetes, we're trying to keep them from having an eye condition. So it's preventative care and by doing that by managing your blood sugar. Um, once, because I specialize in people with disability, once they come to me, I try to work with them from a point of view of what can they do to best manage their diabetes and therefore their eye condition, their eye health. Um, how do they manage their diabetes well enough that they, when they are having these procedures done, that they're going to get the full benefit. Remembering that all of these procedures, that's stress on the body, and that stress will raise your blood sugar so quickly. So, you know, how are we going to manage this and deal with that? Um, I also, because of working with disability, um, try to deal a lot with healthy coping. Now, every diabetes educator will talk to people about their feelings about diabetes, the way that they, that others work with them with their diabetes, not just health professionals, but, you know, sometimes the way 
our family and friends and other social networks, sometimes those situations can be supportive of somebody and sometimes they can be, uh, make it even harder to do those healthy things. So, you know, we always talk about healthy coping, but when you have lost your vision due to diabetes, then you have a right to be angry at your diabetes. So we have to deal a lot with depression and um, diabetic distress is a very real condition that people deal with. And so that's something that I work with people about is what, what exactly is going on? How do they feel about things? And um, let's process those so that we can get back to doing. And then once we're doing, you know, what ready to get back to doing, then, um, you know, there are talking blood glucose meters. Um, if you want to be on a continuous glucose meters, there's going to be limitations. So what are you going to be able to get off of that? And what are you not going to be able to do off of that? How can you take your medications and draw your own medications? If you're um, drawing insulin or um, using another um, type of device in order to um, give your insulin or how do you manage your medications? How do you know when to refill? All of those kind of things. So there is some specialty stuff that I do for people who are blind, just trying to see what are they capable of. Sometimes people have a, a good method of managing, but they just need to fine tune and get or get back to what they were doing before they lost their vision and feeling comfortable with doing that. And, you know, it's just a really important thing that you allow the individual who is living with diabetes to manage their own diabetes, even though they have a vision loss. I always let them decide exactly, you know, what they are going to assign to someone else. Like I understand there's often in most families, the person that cooks and they're going to eat whatever they cook, but um, they can often say, well, this is how much of whatever kind of meal um, they're going to have um, uh, that I'm going to eat in order to be healthy with my own diabetes. So I can still, even though somebody else is cooking for me, I can still maintain control of the portion sizes and all of those kind of things, what nutrients I'm getting. Lisa, can you talk a little bit about sort of your own journey and how diabetes has influenced that as well as diabetic retinopathy and and really, what advice would you have for someone who's listening here today um, around how to navigate both? Well, my own journey. Um, so, again, I came into diabetes as a career about 25 years ago. Um, and knowing that my mother had diabetes and that diabetes as a family is, you know, often genetically uh, passed on, I knew that I wanted to prevent that. So I worked really hard um, and considered myself pre-diabetic from, you know, just shortly after I started my career in diabetes. Now, like I said, stress will raise your blood sugar and um, cause problems. So in 2018 is when I actually got type 2 diabetes. And I'm not going to go through all my personal problems that were happening, but it was very... It was multiple deaths. It was very, um, it was a lot going on during 2018 that led to me actually having diabetes. And I do recognize now some of the things 
that people that I worked with prior to that um, would tell me about their diabetes or about their eyes. And um, I very much understand the blurry vision and how it can vary and sometimes be very blurry and very, or not so blurry. Um, or you have floaters or um, other kinds of, some customers describe it as like spiders in their eye, like covering up their vision um, and stuff. And I have had an occasional um, episode of that. And so I have more understanding of what people describe to me. Um, and I just think you, it is very individual and I think it's important that we don't dismiss the signs and symptoms that we are receiving because I'm the same way, even though, um, I am a diabetes care and education specialist. When I get a high blood sugar, I've had times where I've gone to sit down and I think I'm going to take a break from work. And so I'll go and sit down. And the next thing I know, my 15 minutes are up and I haven't done anything. And I can't even think of what I've thought of. And then suddenly as I'm getting up to go back and I'm thinking diabetes again, I think, you know, I should go in there and test my blood sugar and see what it is. And sure enough, something will be off. And I was just tired. So, you know, when you are got high or extremely low blood sugars, often the symptom is just that you are tired. You just want to, like, lay your head there or don't think. And you're not motivated to do things. So some of those are very, um, you know, asymptomatic. And so I love the glucose meter because... And any kind of testing, whether you're testing your blood pressure or weighing, any kind of at-home testing and then paying attention to your labs at the doctor's office, because those will tell you whether there's something going on and you can eliminate if your all your lab works fine, if your blood sugar is fine, if your blood pressure is fine, if your weight is not fluctuating, then you know that um, it's something else and you can start looking at other reasons. But I've learned to test my own blood sugar as soon as I'm feeling kind of that apathetic, don't, not motivation, motivated to do what I normally love to do, and then act. And the earlier I act on that, if my blood sugar is just in the 200s and I go ahead and act on that blood sugar, then it's much easier to get it down into the normal range uh, before it gets into the 300s. So early intervention is always the best thing. That's what I would encourage people to do. And so for everyone listening out there, they should really focus on um, communicating to their physicians about getting those checkups done, staying on top of their blood sugars on a day-to-day basis, for, especially for those people who have diabetes, staying on top of their blood sugars, and then getting all these screenings done. Like have your checklist of all of these different screenings, be it an eye exam, but get all of those knocked out. And if you are someone that has diabetes, find a diabetes care and education specialist that can walk you through all the different things that you're at risk of, including including vision impairment. Yes. And, you know, I guess one of the things that you asked me that I didn't answer was, you know, I do have mild diabetic retinopathy, not to the point that, I mean, I could claim to be visually impaired. I mean, obviously I wear glasses, but, um, you know, that's just something that, because when I've had my eye exams and we've noticed that, um, that I need to monitor and make sure that I'm going in for those annual 
comprehensive eye exams, which it's an hour to get a comprehensive eye exam and, you know, their eyes are dilated and it's a lot of stuff going on there, but those are really important to be able to see what's going on. An hour well worth anyone's time. Yes. Well, with that, Lisa, we are unfortunately toward the end of the episode. At this point in the episode, I'd love for our listeners to learn more about how they can connect with you and just stay up to date with your work. Well, I am available on LinkedIn and um, but and I'm also do a lot of work with the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. Um, so um, probably LinkedIn is probably the best way to reach me. Um, or you can reach me at golden.lm at gmail.com. All right. And we'll, we'll note all of that in the show notes for this episode. With that, Lisa, it was such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for educating us on this very important topic, on informing us on the importance of this screening, and then more importantly, uh, helping us sort of stay on top of all the different things uh, that diabetes brings and just being more conscious uh, about that. So thank you again for your time. Thank you. And to our listeners out there, uh, thanks for uh, listening to this episode. And we'll continue the conversation on Facebook, on Instagram, and answer this quick question. So again, find the podcast post on our social media, Facebook and Instagram. Find this podcast episode post there and comment below for this quick question. When was the last time you had your eyes checked? That's right. Be clean, be honest and open on when you got your eye exam done last. And then let us know that you are getting a new exam done pretty quickly if you haven't done one in a while. So we will see you there after the episode. Head over to our social media, Facebook, on Instagram, at Yumlish. We will find you there. And again, with that, Lisa, thank you so much. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Yumlish podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media at Yemlish underscore on Instagram and Twitter and at Yemlish on Facebook and LinkedIn for tips about managing your diabetes and other chronic conditions and to chat and connect with us about your journey and perspective. You can also visit our website, yemlish.com, for more recipes, advice, and to get involved with all of the exciting opportunities Yemlish has to offer. If you like this week's show, make sure to subscribe so you can hear more from us every time we post. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time. Remember, your health always comes first. Stay well.